0: Welcome back to another episode of the How You podcast. I'm your host, Bendit Faraby. Back to episode number 16, talking about the takeover. Obviously, Barnsley was on Saturday, and as usual, I'm joined with Tom. Tom, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Obviously, in this episode, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about for once. Obviously, talking about City win on Saturday, it's very rare at the minute, but yeah.
1: So first, let's get into the uh, takeover news that we saw yesterday. Ben uh, obviously, Akun on Instagram announced mm. that um, he'd sort of met the alums on the 12th of May at the, uh, the MKM Stadium, and obviously there was obviously talks going on there. Mm. And it seems like it's you know in the pipeline now. It, it could happen anytime soon. You know, take over the club, and he even said in his post that he hopes to get the get it get over the land soon, and you know his dream will come true. And obviously. Big, some of the biggest news we've seen in recent times um, at the club, and it was just, it was just exciting just to see the prospects
0: of them taking over. I just, mm. what, do, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's obviously everyone's obviously ecstatic with the news. The um, Alams' tenure looks like it's um, obviously it's been dragging on for ages and ages. They don't want to be here. No one wants me really. It seems that at long last, everyone's getting what they wish for. Really. Um, Akun obviously seems very hopeful about this. He's been quite open, which obviously a lot of openers you don't normally see like such an open like discussion about it, on especially on social media. Um, also the fact that he's, he's praised the supporters, he's probably not even met that many of us, and um, the fact he's obviously had great words to say about the fans, obviously, that's pretty. Um, exciting as well because obviously yeah, it's well documented the disconnect between current ownership and the fans obviously he's not even our owning it, he's already praising the fans and the support and the team the way that they've competed in matches and I just think yeah, it's a pretty excited times and hopefully the, um, the, um, it'll be fully complete soon obviously the due diligence um, statement came after Coventry a few weeks ago and everyone's still a bit like unsure, but now this is all. I um, out I think it's pretty much seems to me as if it's a matter of time as to when it happens. Obviously, that first game after it's been completed is going to be something really special.
1: Yeah, it's, it could be you know a special time for a club on the horizon, and you know of course we've had seven years of sort of I wouldn't say a hell, but we've, we've been put through the ringer a bit. You know, like mismanagement. We've been put through like a lot of other clubs have. Mismanagement at the top level has has happened, and and all in order for us to move forward, the arms have to leave. And it's just great now that after a few failed attempts previously from people who was interested in taking over, now it looks like we're getting the ball rolling here. With, you know, I can over, and then um, of course he's he's saying some great words about you know the club and about the supporters. But we just hope that if he does take over going forward, he puts them sort of words into you know fruition, and does it, It's just not empty, you know, empty promises. You want him to. You know, of course, when the Alums took over, there was, this spoke highly, the city, you know, the club and the love for the supporters. And then, you know, years down the line, that turned sour. So, of course, we, it's important we don't get carried away, but then it's, it's hard not to because we've had that that's such a horrible time, you know, as, as supporters that, um, you know, we, we need to take over to go through.
0: One, one of the actual questions we got from today's episode was from Somerville saying, do you think people are right to think, be careful about what you wish for? Now, um, again, I guess people have their reservations as, um, as well. Yeah, I guess people will have their reservations. But I think the majority of us, it's just excitement, really. I think if you're not going to get excited about one of the most poisonous like, times in the club's history, finally looking like it's coming to an end, then I don't think what you can, what what can you get excited for? Obviously, the, f- the first few. Uh, years of the Alam's tenure obviously it wasn't like this and um, as you can tell, when when we look back at the memories, even from when we won promotion to the Premier League, got to the FA Cup final, people say, yeah, that was when the Alam some people from the outside will think that's when the Alams were here they put all this money in, yes they did put the money in but no one ever will connect the owners with these memories it'll be the players that got us there the managers that got us there, there's no legacy that they've left apart from making it all toxic really so I think yes people will say be careful what you wish for because it could get worse but obviously until we, we actually it gets taken over and, and the investment happens but no one's going to know so I just think you've got to be excited about it really.
1: I think I speak on the behalf of my supporters and I say that I think we we don't care who takes over now. We just have to move on as a club, and we have to the Alams tenure has to come to an end, and and it's looking like it's going to happen. And obviously that post that got part on social media on Twitter and Instagram is just it's just promising. Um, and like you say, their their legacy has been tarnished, and they could have you know built a great legacy when they came to the club. They were doing great things in the first few years, and then they tried changing the name and uh, a whole host, host of the you know stuff, and then um, and that's just ultimately sort of ruined what could have been for them, really, because, you know, ultimately, with the Alams in charge, we've had our most successful period in the club's history. But you you, you put the nail on the head there, we don't link it towards the Alams, we link it towards the staff that made it happen, the players, the managers that, you know, sort of put in the hours and, and you know, ultimately forage that legacy of, you know, that that, that then years between, like, 2010 to, you know, 2016, where we was, you know, sort of, um it's obviously successful. So you know, it's it's quite a shame really because I, I'd like to see you know to sort of succeed, but ultimately, you know, it's we need to turn that corner now and um you know it's, it's promising news, like we said there. So I'm happy about it.
0: Obviously moving on now from this take of the news to what happened on Saturday. It was quite Remarkable, really, going to Barnsley. Obviously, at the time, they were above us by, I think it was two points. They obviously come off the back of beating another relegation threat team in Derby, who, um, interestingly enough, just before we start this podcast, have said that their administrators have accepted a 21-point deduction, which effectively, I think, puts one team down already. So, um, enough of that, but... Um, yeah, obviously on Saturday I still think a lot of City fans maybe weren't expecting such a good performance, obviously. Uh, even against West Brom, we did we did put in a good performance for the majority of the game. It's just one lapse in concentration. So I think everyone who went to West Brom would see that the players had like the effort. It was just a lack of cutting edge in front of the goal and a lack of um, ideas at times. Obviously a bit of a stupid defensive mistake. But on Saturday... I think I saw a tweet after the game. did not really matter how bad the opposition were. For once, we actually did what we've what's been missing in recent games, and that's obviously got us the three points.
1: I think recently we have seen an improved performances, and where I can't sort of criticize the players, in McCann is that these players are playing for this manager, and I know we majority supporters do want McCann to depart, which I'm in that boat as well, and um, but. That performance on Saturday did fill you with a little bit of confidence going forward that, you know, we can compete in this division and we can get results. The West Brom game, you know, we lost now only 1-0. It could have been more, but then equally, you know, a few chances we had towards the end where you're thinking we could have we could have snatched a point there. And I think when you're at the bottom, you get that sort of look and you don't have that sort of um, presence in front of goal. You know, Lewis Potter, when that ball came to him against West Brom, you're thinking, just smash it a goal. He tries to put it across. But then, you know, against Barnsley, his, he, he took his goal well. Obviously, Honeyman won the ball high with the pitch, freed KLP, and then he, he made no mistake to finish in you know? it. So I think we, once we got that first goal, we had the confidence of going forward. Brought brought Longman off the bench, um, and Tyler Smith, and that Percy front three caused caused Barnsley all sorts of problems. And it was it was an all round performance. I, I felt, and I didn't I don't think we've done much there different to what mm-hmm. we've done in recent weeks. We just yeah. we're just a bit more. Which is a bit more urgent. Urgent with the pressing, go forward. We didn't make the basic errors that we've done in recent weeks. We passed it well. We didn't just give it away. Do you know, when we had the ball in decent areas, mm. we're, we're giving it away usually. But against Barnsley, we did all the basics correct. And for a team staying in the Championship, if you do the basics right and you're solid defensively, you've got every chance of winning football matches. So it was, you know, it was a, it was a great it was a great performance from City. Uh, I won't take anything away um, from what our performance, but obviously Barnsley there didn't really throw many punches at us and it, you know it's in time for so them if, if that's the sort of performance they're putting in against us but you know the, we've, we've seen what the championship's like it's, it swings around about so next week they could well the week after they could probably go and win 3-0 against a promotion chasing side. it's just how the championship goes but you know I was happy with City's performance and then mm. um, yeah
0: well, One of the interesting talking points on Saturday was when we checked the team at 2 o'clock and obviously Ingram wasn't there and there's still been no like Information as to why he got dropped, but obviously everyone was a bit uh, questioning the decision. But I've got to, be, got to give a lot of praise to Nathan Baxter. So I thought he could play quite well. And obviously, when when um, he was got he got the boys, obviously quick to distribute it straight back out. And that's something that obviously I don't want to criticise my England. I think he's a very good goalkeeper, but sometimes it does frustrate me when you're watching it and there's a clear opening down on the flanks he's, uh, that uh, dithers with it. Was backs straight out and straight on the attack. I think that was one of the, a lot of the um, that was one of the um, most impressive features of our play on Saturday.
1: If there's anything I can take from McCann's style, it's that we're a counter-attacking side, and although he's not being able to execute that, it's important when you're a counter-attacking side that your goalkeeper distributes quickly, and um, you know backs came in, he was a presence in the box from corners, and he was also. Uh, great with you know distribution the ball out um, and and was quick to get the ball out and that's what we needed it a bit more agency I mean it, it, you know you've you've said it there Ingram you can't really criticize him for his shot shot stopping and um, how he's done this season but you can criticize him perhaps his distribution and but uh, that gives obviously McCann now a dilemma going forward of who to select but I think where McCann has to learn from you know last season where he, he dropped. The majority of his team in that FA Cup game against uh, Stevenage and we ended up going on a, a bit of a losing run. I think now he has to keep that same team there and start it again because you, that you, if you drop players that have been part of a winning team, um, you, you're just open to criticism then. Um, but if you keep that same team there and you, you do lose, not really awesome thing at least, you've gone with the same team. You have to keep the team that gives you a winning formula. I mean I can argue for the likes of perhaps longman coming in for Wilkes because Wilkes wasn't he, he's he's someone that wasn't on it again on saturday I, I don't think he lazy and um, when he got the ball he didn't he didn't look like he was going to make anything happen doesn't track back um and I think for a few weeks now and perhaps even for the of the full season he's not been on the ball oil really I mean he took huh. his goal well against Middlesbrough, but I think that that's a player there you can pinpoint that is at risk of losing his place. And if he wasn't sort of, you know, highly regarded by McCann, he'd have lost his place by now. But you've got the, the likes of like Longman there waiting in the wings, to, you know, he's, he's on loan. He's there to prove a point. He came against Barnsley, hit the post, was a, was a presence going forward and sort of frightened the def- life out of the defenders. So I think Longman has a chance there to take his opportunity if he is given a start. And, um, you know, Wilkes is, is, is definitely at risk, don't you think?
0: Yeah, but that was one of the actual questions we got, was why has Malik Wilkes failed to kick on the championship? And to be honest, I, I actually just can't put my finger on why. Because even when we got relegated, he's still probably our most threatening player. And obviously, last season, 22 goals in League One, but obviously there's a difference in quality. But some of the players have actually been able to kick on, the likes of Keen Lewis-Potter, and maybe I, I was probably thinking it would be the other way around. Obviously, Malik Wilkes played at this level before, whereas Keen Lewis-Potter, before, was probably he probably only played a handful of championship matches, but he's like you see, he seems like to actually taken the chance, taking the opportunity. Uh, obviously, there's still areas of his game that can improve, but I still I see a lot of areas of Wilkes' games that have just gone drastically downhill. He doesn't seem at times, doesn't seem interested. He doesn't seem to like you see, Kendall was part of the time like tracking back, Malik Wilkes half the time leaves the right fullback on his own. And that's where a lot of the goals that we've let in have come from. Obviously, Barnsley on Saturday so didn't really threaten much. But yeah, I just can't put my finger on what's happened to Malik Wilkes, if I'm honest. I think, uh, like you touched on, he's at risk of losing his place because along with the last two matches, as I say, probably has done a lot more to warrant the start. It's been creating chances as well.
1: I think we can only speculate about Malik Wilkes, but it does look like he's a bit overweight. I mean, I'm a sports scientist. I'm a performance analyst but mm. I think you look at his performances and he's, he's struggling he's struggling out there he's not maintaining performance levels every week and um, when you do that you you are at risk of losing your place and I think most support supporters would agree that Malik Wilkes hasn't been good enough this season and he deserves to be dropped I mean I think he does not need to be taken out a bit and he needs to be dropped to realise that he's not he's not doing good enough um, and there's obviously other players in the team that uh, in a similar position, but um, Malik Wilkes is, I think, the highest on that list. That, uh, you know, if he's not careful, he will lose his place. And, um, yeah, it's just it's just a shame that he's not kicked on it. You, you know, his pre- previous clubs, you know, at Barnsley, Leeds, he had attitude problems as well. Um, that could be one of the reasons why he's, he's not done well this season. But surely, if you're at the Championship now, you, you should be taking your career more seriously and you should be. Um, Perhaps taking opportunities more, but Malik Wilkes is is is, a, is an enigma, really. I think, um, yeah, where do you play him? Because you see him as this sort of, he's like a bulky sort of winger, and um, you, you'd think i oh, he'd be good as a sort of a, a, a second striker, perhaps a false down or centre forward. But you, you, we've played him there before, and he's not he's not done too well either. I don't think you can play a player and expect him just to, um. Just stand there up front. You need, I think, in the modern game now, you need every single player putting in, you know, pressing and putting in the effort because you. <clears throat> I don't want to link it too much to Man United, but you look at Ronaldo there; he's up front. You don't really press that much, and look at the of the problems it's causing. You know, and further forward, you know, for Man United, like they're, you know, so susceptible um, to sort of problems going forward. And um, you know, the teams are causing their problems. So I think, and. Um, yeah, I don't want to delve away too much, but I think Malik Wilkes is, you know, is he's needing to be dropped. And I think Longman, after he come off the bench, will will fancy his chances of their uh, sort of taking him out of the team.
0: And obviously we've touched on it just the obviously the two goal scorers on um, Saturday, I think in general were our best players, as well as Deshaun Bernard, who's obviously won our player of the month for October. I think those three and even and Josh Emmanuel are definitely the best performers. On, on Saturday, but um, especially George Hunter, it was nice to see him get his goal, because even when he's come back into the team, obviously he came back against Sheffield United, then he didn't really look his, his normal self, obviously, when he got injured straight away for a few weeks. But I think that, that game on Saturday, is definitely going to give him the confidence to kick on again now. I thought he took his goal really well, and the where he scored his goal from, that's the sort of areas that we need him in all the time, really. So, so we've got more chance of get, getting high up the pitch and punish, punishing them, punishing the opposition high up the pitch as well.
1: Yeah, I think with George Honeyman, Ben, um, we rushed him back, I think. Uh, last season, he was, he, was, he, was, he was outstanding, 14 assists. And you're thinking, this George Honeyman here, if he sort of replicates that form and that energy, he can be a, a you know a, a shining light in the championship and so far it's not happened for him but hopefully that that on Saturday is the time where he can kick on now. And you know he's had that unfortunate injury at the end of last season and that sort of like I think put him back a bit, I think knocked him back really. Mm. Not he's not been able to have a proper preseason, not been able to yeah. prepare. So like whereas the rest of the majority of his team have sort of gelled as a unit, mm. whereas George Hoodman sort of being left out of the limelight a bit and I think now he's been put back in. Um, you've touched on it there that George Munnan is needed in the box we've uh, been sort of uh, this season we've struggled to get numbers in the box you, you, you get in the crossing areas and you see there's no one in the box even McGuinness he's, he's he's dropping off um, and you need players in the box to score goals and I don't want to be Michael in there but that, it's true in it. you need obviously George Huddenman needs to be making them runs from midfield Greg Dockett in midfield with him as well that energy in there and they you know the choice of like Richie Smallwood and or someone, you know, in the whole of the midfield just um, piecing it together. But <clears throat> in terms of sort of George Honeyman, um, I'd like to see him kick on now. Um, I think he's certainly got the uh, sort of energy and the enthusiasm and sort of the desire to sort of make it at this level. It's just whether he's got the quality. And I think on Saturday I showed that, you know, although it was against the relegation battle side, that, you know, if, if you put us in more of their performances, we'll will have a great chance of winning matches, and then um, yeah, George Edmund is someone that we'll have to watch out for in you know future weeks for you know how he, how well he plays and stuff. But um, you've touched on obviously Josh Emmanuel as well. He came on uh, for Louis Coyle, and I think it was Louis Coyle was unfortunate really, um, you know, with that injury. Mm. I don't think he's been overly criticised. I think in recent weeks, I think for his performances, but I was someone that was uh, criticising. To be fair. I felt Josh Emmanuel, you know, deserved the chance in there. He's, every time he's played this season, um, we've we looked we looked like a better side, um, and even I think I think all the the, the wins have had this season have all come when Josh Emmanuel's played. So I think that 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 shows that although he's not played many minutes, that impact he can have down that right side is you know it's enormous. Really, um, the way he drives forward with the ball. Um, he looks more assured, I think, down that side and he rarely gets beaten in a 1v1. And that's where we've we've been beaten down that side. Louis Cole often gets caught high up the field and um we get caught down that side. But Josh Emmanuel knows when to go forward, I think. He has that more positional awareness and um and he can also put a cross in the box as well. We've seen it that his his final ball is is normally quite accurate. And there's no wonder that it was obviously championship clubs last season scouting you know for his services and I imagine if he does put in more performances like he did um, in uh, so far this season, that there'll be teams after him. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, going back to the performance itself, I was I was really happy with, you know, how we played and it's just important to be more consistent, I think. So after the great performance against Barnes, it's just it's just typical now that we've got to go into another two-week international break. Um, you know, after the Middlesbrough game, we won 2-0. Um, we obviously had to have an international break, and then our next win comes over a month later. And now we have got another one, Ben. So it's just mm. it's, yeah. it's 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 crap, isn't it? it's it's annoying. Um, knowing that we've just on the back of a good performance, we're, we're, we're itching to get back there to watch watch the team again. You know, putting a good performance, I hope. But you know, we're having to wait another two weeks. Um, which is which is frustrating, but um. You know, we're just hoping that when we come back, um, after the international break, we can sort of put in some performance I think, against Barnsley, and you
0: know, yeah, I think there's probably positives. There probably will be a couple of positives in the international break coming now. Hopefully, they've, we've we've um, learned from our mistakes after the last international break. Obviously, performance against Middlesbrough is very good, and it takes us another five ma- four or five matches to at least get a good performance, and again after that, we get a good result. So, um, hopefully, um, um, plenty of time for the players to keep building on this performance. I don't think we have many players that go away on international duty anyway. But you think that? Just, I think obviously, I Middlesbrough game was the one I miss. I think that was. Um, I'm not sure in your opinion whether the performance on Saturday was better than Middlesbrough, but obviously, the different players played on Saturday to Middlesbrough, like Huntington wasn't there against Middlesbrough. So I think now it gives him the chance to, obviously he's touching it previously, he didn't have a proper pre-season. Obviously he was injured, I think, maybe for the last international break. I can't remember if he was or not. But now he's obviously got the time to start building relationships with the rest of midfield and attacking players that are obviously not got not going away on international. So I think there will be benefits. And obviously the games after the international break we've got, a quite tough Birmingham. I know they lost on the um, I they lost to Reading on Saturday, but they've been a good run. Um, obviously, I think they beat Middlesbrough and beat Swansea as well, but pretty solid side. So, I think that will be a tough game. I know that Chong for them is now injured and gone back to Man United to receive his treatment, so that's a positive for us. I think he caused us a lot of a lot of problems on either flank. I think the full backs still there are areas like like the full backs you hope that the, the um, defenders who can just iron out a few areas like you touched on against Barnsley, maybe a team with higher quality could have punished us. So there's still a few nervy moments. But you're just hoping that you're just hoping that these um minor details that determine whether you get a result or not can be ironed out during the international break. In the fixtures that we've got after the international break are quite I don't want to say winnable, but it could have been a lot worse, obviously Berman touched on it quite a solid side, but against Birmingham, and I mean, seem to have the Indian sign over them, beat them every time. Cardiff away, obviously, as well. That's going to be an important fixture.
1: Yeah, I think um, comparing the performance from Middlesbrough game to the Barnsley one, I think the reason why the Barnsley one was more impressive is because the amount of pressure it was under to get a result there. Mm. And I think Barnsley been on decent form recently um, themselves, and we was coming into that one as a bit of an underdog, and um, you know we've not we've not won since the Middlesbrough game, um, it's something ridiculous like one win in ten, I think, before that, and so we're going into that game sort of under pressure already, and we wasn't expecting the teams to perform. I think many people was expecting us to lose, and but we, we went into that and we put in a, a performance that gives you hope that we can actually stay in the division. I mean. We don't want to get too carried away because we, we know what happens, and McCann's system is still flawed. I think you know, you, the, the opposition was opposition we came up against in Barnsley and didn't punish us. You know, you've said there that they could have they could have punished, they had the, a few chances where they could have, and that's where like the likes of West Brom have sort of punished us in recent times. And, and you know, going back to the start of the season where QPR did as well, and you know, the. There's still problems with the four-three-three that you know that if you don't have wingers that are willing to track back, you know down that right side, especially you're going to you know unless you're a top quality fullback, you're going to struggle defending against you know two people going on that side, and that's you know again, um even um in the game before where against Coventry, that the goal they scored was not because um not through a uh, a real bit of quality from them but more through our errors in you know def- defensively you know you, see, you saw the position Smallwood took up in the box keeping them all on side and, and it's that lack of organisation in periods of games that can cost you but unfortunately against Barnsley we didn't have a really a lapsing concentration and, and now it's important that the team become more consistent going forward and, and we'll go on to it later but we're going to talk about um where the where this leaves McCann, you know, potentially with the ownership, but for now we're just gonna hopefully get, you know, grind out some results with him in charge because we know he's not going anywhere mm-hmm. until we, we hear someone who's about to take over and or until it actually happens. But, um, so going on to sort of the the fixtures you mentioned there, um, the Birmingham, Cardiff, and Millwall game and Reading. If you had to sort of um, see how many points you'd say, how many points would get from the next four five games? Um, what what do you think? I mean,
0: it's, 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 quite, hard, it's quite hard to it's yeah. quite it's quite hard to gauge. Yeah. It. It's quite quite hard to gauge it, because obviously not even just the championship, but this city city side is quite unpredictable. So um, quite hard to put a number down. But Birmingham's quite quite a weird one because obviously you touched on it our rec- recent record against them, we always seem to have beat them at home. So you're hoping that that trend uh, continues, but. I think this Birmingham team, obviously the last few years have been a bit of a struggle for them. I think now they've got a bit of a solid side. But obviously, if you just look at them, um, the mid the middle of the championship so congested. I think even between like fourth and maybe even like 12th, 13th, there's only like what, five points, which just shows that anyone could beat anyone. So I think it's hard to put a number down. But I think it's imperative that we at least get a couple of wins, mainly win your home matches. And obviously, I think, Millwall will be definitely a tough fixture. They tend to draw a lot of matches, I think. So that'll probably, I expect that to maybe be the toughest, especially Gary Rowett, the way he sets his teams out. I think Cardiff away could be mainly the team that turns up on the day. Cardiff, obviously, they've still not got a manager, maybe they'll have one by then. Just hope for our sake that they have not That that stops any chance of a new manager coming in. Obviously, the the um, cliched new manager bounce comes into effect. I think it's imperative that we get something from Cardiff, even if it's a draw maybe, because you just don't want to lose, and that'll open up a gap between us and them. Uh, Bristol City City are a bit of an enigma as well, and obviously we've got them in a few weeks. I think it's imperative that we get at least a couple of wins there, but just which which, which games you predict that they come from, I don't think you can, because a lot of the teams that we're playing are in that really congested, Middle part of the table at the minute.
1: I'm just looking at the the table now, and it's quite alarming when the likes of QPR uh, in sixth place have conceded more goals than we have, and even Blackburn Rovers as well in seven. We conceded um, several look. We conceded 22 this season, um, and QPR conceded 24, and Blackburn 26, and they're pushing towards you know promotion spots. So I think. The championship is upside down. It's an upside down division, and um, you are looking at Cardiff as well. They're nearly conceding at least two goals a game. Two goals a game. They've conceded thirty-one in seventeen games. That that's ridiculous. That you know. So we're looking at our defensive record, and I think you marry it against other sides in the division. It's about average. And mm. um, I don't think defense has been our problem this season. I think it's, it's
0: going forward.
1: Fair, fair, forward. I think when you do invite pressure, when the midfield allows. You know, um, the opposition to invite pressure. We're not pressing enough. And um, you know, it's, it's a wonder we haven't conceded more goals. But that's a testament to you know our defence. Really, I think if, you know, Jacob Greaves has been criticised this season for not being perhaps as, as good at this level, and um, maybe not stepped up enough. But but, one uh, thing,
0: one thing you got to remember is also obviously Greaves at times has been getting criticism, and some people are saying, "What is it with? Is it the whole lads getting immune to criticism?" But in my opinion, I don't think there's much wrong he's done much wrong, but we've got to remember that he's obviously he's never played at this level before. It's gonna take him time. He's gotta develop a new partnership. It's obviously Reese Burke played um majority of the fixtures towards the latter end of the season. And obviously Alfie Jones was in sometime playing hold in midfield. Obviously Alfie Jones comes back against West Brom, gets injured, Jacob Grease hasn't played with Sean McLaughlin before until West Brom. And that partnership seemed fairly solid for when James got injured. And obviously there's Deshaun Bernard, who I think um, is a future Premier League player based off what we've seen so far. I just think so his composure on the ball is terrific. He he doesn't seem to um, get beat uh, very, very often. He's very physical, very commanding. So, I think obviously we've improved defensively. I think the main problem with defence is the fullbacks. Obviously, that's an issue that we've touched on with Liverpool, mainly the goals that we tend to concede. Quite a few have come from that right flank where he, he's been exposed. We yeah, obviously touch on it's the lack of confidence at times in front of goal. But now we um, obviously we could have had a couple more on Saturday. But you know, hopefully, now we've got the confidence under our belt. Uh, we can start to flourish in front of the goal in the next few matches.
1: I mean, you can criticise McCann for um, how poor he's done this season, you know, in, in terms of getting results, but I mean, can't criticise him for him, how persistent he's with his system, this 4 3 3. And of course, it's paid off on Saturday, but whether it'll pay off for future games remains to be seen. And then um, I'm still, I'm still not overly sort of confident, you know, that we can go into these future games and get results on the basis of Saturday's performance. Yes, but it's it's about consistency, and you know, with with uh, being a higher level opposition, with you know better quality players, you know, th- they can punish the system. I think, but um, you know, it's interesting to see that you know McCann, although we've had that poor run of results, that is he's still not wanting to change system and. You know, fair play. I mean, we said before it's a bit of insanity, really. But, um, you know, uh, most managers would just keep with you know same sort of philosophy and system. Maybe change tweak the formation, but McCann's just majority. You know, you just loves using that four three three, and um, depending, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you can get exposed, and um, well, most of the time, to be fair, but yeah, I just I just hope that. We can be got more consistent in future weeks, and um, we can sort of pour ourselves away from the relegation spots, which will be hard because what has already been like a gap, sort of, um, starting to form. So I think it's important that we we don't, we don't fall heavily deeper into that relegation zone, and we've got sort of sort of crucial games sort of incoming as well. Um, the likes of Cardiff and Bristol City were only a few places above us, so um, I just hope that um you know, we're, before the earners come in, hopefully that we're not sort of too far adrift um to not be able to pull ourselves away so that in January, hopefully with a bit of investment, we're able to sort of um improve, you know, some areas of the squad. If we if we get you know if we're given some funds to spend, you know, back can hopefully surprises us with that and then um, totally we're able yeah. to push on. But yeah.
0: I've actually just seen a um, very interesting tweet scrolling through Twitter. Some Turkish media report, and obviously that the whole transfers account, and with whole transfers has put the latest report from Turkey reiterating the fact: Akun Illichai is close to Bunkul City and wants show to as the new manager. And that's the one that is man. He's, he's currently managing the team in the Uzbekistan league. Has obviously managed a few Turkish clubs, but obviously we don't, we don't know too much about. Him. We don't want to speculate. But talking about the Turkish vote. went uh, to Hacoon and Latchew where do you think this um, leaves Grant McCann obviously he's not going to go until um, he comes in we all know that but do you reckon his, his um, future will can last beyond akun's coming in or do you think that just spells the end of his tenure a bit like Steve Bruce at Newcastle
1: I think as soon as Ernest come in, he'll he'll be gone. And, you know, I think this new owner will want to hire his own um, staff, you know, the manager, and the manager will want to bring his own staff in. Um, and he'll come with a plan, you know, Akin will, he'll, he'll come and he'll, he'll want to um, have a plan sort of set in stone going forward of how we can take this club forward, well I hope anyway. Um, and the, the beginning of that plan will be to get uh, managers in. And so the so, the manager has time to sort of bring his own players in. And, um, you know, I think it's well known that he'll, he'll want to bring the culture with him as well. And um, the Turkish culture, perhaps, signed some Turkish players. And, you know, similar to when the Alums took over and we started signing the Egyptian players, um, you know, like Sal Fatty uh, Fatih, and um, Gedder as well. Yeah. So, that's we've actually got a couple
0: of questions here regarding the takeover. on from HFC Nick Topman, Realistic, he says realistically, how far do you think Accu will take us if this takeover gets complete? I think firstly we can't look. We obviously can't look too far ahead. Obviously, we can dream that we follow a similar path to the likes of Wolves, where they brought in all foreign owners, Aston like Aston Villa. But realistically, it's going to take a lot of time. I think for now, you've got to focus on making sure that we can stay in the championship and then build obviously it's, that's, that's uncertain and it will be uncertain for the majority of the season and obviously the plans will then probably be put in place. For the pro- I imagine that obviously as wants to come in at the time when obviously we're struggling to, I trust someone that's a businessman to have a contingency plan regarding whatever league we're in, whether that's league one or, league, or the championship. We obviously hope it's a championship and then we can rebuild, start, I don't know if it's going to be a slow process process, or we'll just hit the ground running. Uh, but obviously, it's going to take time. We've just got to hope that he... All the promises that he makes is six by him. And hopefully, gets us where, where when we, we, we want to. But obviously, there's it, going to be a plan.
1: I think with that question, what Nick said, I, I think for the first half of this season... Um, majority of it, I've not been confident that we're, we're going to stay in this division and I still stick by that. Um, I think, you know, Saturday's performance can give you confidence, we have to look at the opposition you're against and I think we've got a telling couple of weeks to come, a telling month to come, I'd say, up to Christmas to see, I think, I'll value wherever we're going to stay in this division and hopefully by that time, Christmas period, the takeover's done and um, the, once the takeover's done, hopefully we're not too far adrift at the bottom to be able to turn it around, like I've mentioned earlier. But, you know, going forward, I think, like any, like any club that wants a new owner, you want stability. And that's, and, you know, I'll give Adam's their due, we've, we've had somewhat of stability. Um,
0: financially.
1: Well, yeah, financially, but not necessarily on the field. And that's, yeah. that's where it's fallen apart. That's where the connection between the fans and the owners sort of, sort of collapsed even more and, um, but so I think stability is the most important And sustainability as well You don't want an owner to come in and be like oh, I'm going to splash £10 million in January And then not know, knowing where in six months' time If the club's going to be afloat still But I'm sure you know, this owner coming in Is going to have a plan, like you've said there So I think, um, Nick, I think you can expect a bit of stability when, when it comes in at first I think we build the connection between the, fan and the fans and the owners and then hopefully we can use sort of that positive energy to um, see improved performances on the field.
0: Next question's from Patrick, who says, the first signings when the takeover goes through. Now, this is a bit of a weird one. Because obviously at the moment, um, we obviously can only sign three transfers. We actually, although it seems close, there's no guarantee that this takeover will be done by January. And obviously, with it not being completed, made official, we actually still don't know how much of a transfer budget we're going to have, and whether we will actually sign someone, because you obviously we touched on, we envisage that Akuma will want his own staff, but then it's also that that's going to be a long, drawn-out process itself, finding his staff and highlighting the players that they want, and then embedding it into a system full of these the, um, core of um, homegrown players that we've already got, so I can't. Obviously, we're we're all, we all seeing the jokes about our oh, got links of Fenerbahce we're going to sign like Özil, etc. Obviously, it's a bit of banter, but obviously, if I'm being honest myself, apart from the Turkish national team players, we really know any Turkish players whatsoever, and that opens up a question of whether they'd be Championship quality and whether if you did sign players that are in the Turkish Super League whether that questions the sustainability of the football club but obviously we have no idea at the minute Um, we're all none the wiser
1: I think Callum who wanted to make an appearance on the podcast today is a very heavily uh, has an opinion on the signings and wants to come in and he he says um, Winston (laughs) Reid and And that's one of them
0: Elijah uh, Adebayo from Luke Town who actually scored against us the other (laughs) week
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be some ambition, getting someone like that in, but um, I think he's on the right lines of Winston Reid. Certainly, we do need an experienced centre-back. and We said that at the start of the season, Ben, that that could be our downfall. And So far, I think if you're looking at some of the results we've had, narrow defeats, I think it is uh, some of the mistakes we have made. I think it's not necessarily down to the quality of Greaves and Bernard, Jones, whoever's played, but I think it's down to having that experience and know-how to see out games and maybe and that's, that's where like the, someone like Greaves would benefit, having someone next to him who's in his 30s or perhaps late 20s who's who's been there in the Championship and done it, and I think Callum's suggestion now, Winston Reid is a good one, but it's whether, you know, again, how much money we've got to spend, the wages, whether Winston Reid fancies uh, his old age, whether he wants to come and battle at the bottom of the Championship, and, you know, he might have low offers elsewhere, but look, we'll have to see, but you know we're just we will be excited to support us about this prospect of this takeover,
0: all right. So that is another episode done. HFC whole podcast, uh, obviously, thanks Tom being here as usual. Um, now that, um, obviously, we've not done a podcast for a few weeks now, we've been busy, I've been starting uni, so I've not had the chance to really do a podcast in the last month, but obviously now I've got a lot more time on my hands. Starting the articles on the website again, obviously we've not done an article on there for a couple of months. Maybe it looks to some of you that we don't care what we do. We just haven't been available. Around the discussion about starting a YouTube channel, creating content where it's just a bit of fun, really. Maybe discussion about Best City 11s, etc. stuff like that you can expect to see on there that won't we'll necessarily feature on a podcast. Uh, if you want to features, us, obviously DM, DM us on Twitter, uh, at HFC and Obviously, if you, want, if you want us to feature on the podcast, we'd we'll be more than happy to have people on. Obviously, everyone's entitled to uh, their own, own opinions. Hopefully, uh, after, we'll be back next week discussing the Birmingham, the upcoming Birmingham game. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Um, I think it's been another good episode. I think it's great always when we can talk about City winning, but yeah, I, I, I echo Ben's sentiment. There. I think anyone that wants to come on, message the Twitter page, and I think you know, I, you know, I spoke before about us potentially doing a quiz. If if anyone's interested in us sort of starting up and having guests coming on and having doing a quiz on City, then sort of uh, reach out to us and we'll we'll get that going. But um, yeah, thank you for watching, and we'll see you all there.